Welcome back to the All Ball Podcast. You know, um, you know, another week we got more NFL, we got more uh, NBA previews, um, a couple interesting games that happen, and a couple interesting games to talk about. So, uh, without further ado, let's get right into it. Justin, how you feeling? Uh, doing okay, doing okay. That uh, Tuesday night game, just it, it was so great. This slate of games, like the schedule, like we had, we didn't have so many one, one o'clock games. We had a good amount of four o'clock games, four twenty-five games. Had the prime time in Sunday night. We had two games on Monday night and one game on Tuesday night. I mean, it, it was it was a great week. It was a great yep. week, and uh, despite the and, fact that a bunch of reschedules. And it's nice. Um, you know, like last week because we had the games on like Wednesday, they took Thursday night football from us. But not this week. Now it's just one day. What you know, today Wednesday. Uh, what one day with that NFL football? You know, I was telling my. Uh, I was on somebody last night. I was like, you know, this is a tough year to be the guy who uses the NFL calendar to like remember what day of the week it is. <laughs> no, that's very true. That's very true. And like, and for the, for as for the Thursday night game being canceled, the fact that we had a Wednesday, a Wednesday night game, it kind of, it kind of mixed, it kind of took its place in that sense, even yeah, though it oh, wasn't, the, it was even though it was a week 12 game. But, 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 you know, in this situation, we're finding weeks like this week, for example, where the Tuesday night game is not taking the place of anything. Mm-hmm. It's just a free game. And I'm in for as many free stuff. as I like free stuff. What can I say? Yeah. I can, I can always go for less games at one o'clock. I don't need nine games yeah. at one o'clock. I'm fine with six, five, and then kind of, and then mixing it up in the later stages of Sunday and also more on Monday and even All like right. Tuesday. Well, you know, speaking of Thursday night, we got a Super Bowl rematch from uh, two years back. It's the Rams and Patriots. Um, the Patriots, you know, I think these, I think both teams have laid eggs, and I think both teams have looked really good. And the Patriots seem to be on a bit of a streak. So uh, you now it's all to you. What do you think about this game? Uh, well, the spread is Rams minus five and a half as we are sitting about on it midday Wednesday. I see both these teams really rely heavily on the run. They're both. I think one in both teams are top eight in rushing yards per game. Rams are just really good against the run as opposed to the Pats that are middle of the road. So I expect, I expect the Rams to win this game and I expect them to honestly probably roll them. I think this is a game where the Pats have looked nice. They've looked nice against like pretty good teams, like some good teams, the chargers. I think it was the coaching mismatch that blew that game out of proportion I think the, the Rams and the rookie thing and the rookie thing. Like we said last week, yeah, exactly. Bill Belichick is 19 and four against rookie quarterbacks. It was 12 and 0 at home, but 19 and four overall. And they were on the road and they still 45 to nothing them. This one, I, I think, I think Sean McVay, Jared Goff, Aaron Donald, those guys that were there for this, for the Super Bowl where they got, where they lost, where they got just beat. I think they come out very motivated. They are the superior team in my mind. I think the way that they can attack the Pats through the run game will be easier than the Pats ability to run on them. And also the ability for them to throw the ball on a more consistent basis than the Pats will end up being the difference. And also like, uh, like, yeah, I mean, the Rams are the better team. They're a bit more experienced. Um, it's weird with the Pats. It's so weird with the Pats because, you know, you watch them a couple weeks, like I want to call them a bad team, but, but a bad team wouldn't beat a team like, you know, 35, 45, nothing. So it's, uh, that's like, that's, that is like Alabama playing against Southern Miss. It, well, but that's, and that's the thing. And, uh, you know, that rookie thing is super real. That coaching thing is real. Um, you know, for, unfortunately the Rams don't have either of those problems. So, you know, I, I tend to agree with you. And I think, um, 
I think the Rams, I say this every week. I feel like every week the Rams are one game away from making a statement win. You know what I mean? And they keep winning, but I'm still not ready to give it to them. So uh, agreed, agreed, because Jerry still I don't know. Right. There's nothing, there's nothing that like there's nothing that really points to it as being a definitive win. I don't I don't know. It's just, like they win and that's gotta do what you gotta do. But when you look at like the they beat the Cardinals, I don't know. Kyler still doesn't look right, and that's not on the Rams for like the fact that Kyler doesn't look healthy. But it's just it's not as imposing. He didn't look like he was just you know what we had seen the first half of the year. Yeah, I'm definitely. Cu- Go ahead. Uh, I'm curious to see what it's like for Cam trying to move the ball on this Rams offense because this is a really stout team, a really stout defense, pass and run. The Patriots offense, not explosive. Doesn't they I don't think he's thrown for over hundred yards in the past two games. And if it wow. if he has, it was like just not not that far off they, of it. They scored 40 points and he threw for sub hundred. He threw for 84 yards against the Cardinals two weeks ago, and he threw for 69 yards against the Chargers. That's freaking crazy. Yeah. Well, he oh. had two rushing touchdowns. They had the punt or the kick return or blocked field goal for a touchdown then he well, had you, a passing and Jared you know, when you put it like that when you put it like that and it's like um the patriots and like you know they're, they're uh quote-unquote like boring offense for lack of a better word like and then you picture it going up against like all these talented guys the rams have now i can't really picture in my head like how, how do these guys move the ball well, like you said and now i'm like playing it out of my head and i just have a hard time seeing it so uh yeah i kind of agree with you i'm wondering why there's no more there's not a lot of talk as bill belichick coach of the year because uh, we went through this, and this you, like know the that, you know why? The fact that I, why? Because it, because he's the coach of the year every year. You know how it is. I guess, but it's just nobody. No, like the guy hasn't won it in like a decade. Agreed. And it's Greg Popovich. And, and, yeah, and this this team is awful, <laughs> or not awful, but they're just like they're in. There are in a lot of these games because of his coaching. They're winning a lot of games because of his coaching. In my mind, because I don't I think because I think when you look at the rosters, they do not stack up against the Chargers. They do not stack up against the Cardinals, and they come out in these. They win these games strategically. Yeah, that is true. That is true. I, you know, and I'm look. I'm not disagreeing with you. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying um, it's the fatigue factor. Yeah, it's the same I thing mean, with LeBron, Greg Popovich, happens, like you said. Well, you could have asked me this last year. Why aren't we talking about Belichick coach of the year, or the year before, or the year before, or the year before, or the year before? And you would have had a point every time. So you know. I remember when we talked about this, I guess, I forget when it was. Well, I, I'm just looking at the Pat schedule right now. It was after they got they got beat by or, – or was it like – Well, dude, after the whole Cam COVID thing, they were like two and four at one point. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think because everybody was – like we brought up on the podcast that people were talking about, oh, does this mean that Belichick was the inferior part of the duo? Yeah, yeah something when Brady. they were like two and four or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the and the Bucks were rolling. Is it is everybody flipping now because of the fact well, that oh, the because the, the Buck like it doesn't flip that way that way it, it just based on what week it is. I guess yeah, they're well, just talking heads. To answer your question, yes, of course people are gonna flip. Um, but no, nah, I mean I, I agree. I think I think that's super valid, and, and I feel like I, I feel like even at the time I like, like we were acknowledging that it's like when the Bucks are like four and two and the Pats are two and four. Yeah, a couple of weeks, and, and we we're saying the exact opposite. So you know, it makes no sense and. I never thought the indictment on him because of the roster as a coach was valid because his his shortcomings as a GM is why is why the roster is where it's at. 
not because of his coaching and that shouldn't play into a part of a 20-year run who was the more who was the more important piece but we can get to that at another point my pick for this i would say rams and i will probably take them comfortably me too and the under i, I yeah definitely agree with that like if, if i were to bet something in this game it'd be like pat's team total under i like that i like that Okay, on to the next one. Uh, another matchup between pretty solid quarterback. Oh, I mean, well, Mahomes, the best. And then what the Dolphins hope to be in Tua. Who's, who's looking better. He's, he's beginning. He's like looking better and better each time. They really restrict him in what he's doing. It feels like such conservative play calling where it's like you're they're trying to baby him. And I don't know when I look at Justin Herbert, when I look at Joe Burrow, these are the guys – and it's not like Tua was a second-round pick. He was a top-five yeah, pick. Yeah, and, and Herbert comes out there and slings it. Um, I agree. Um, I agree, but I'm actually okay with it until next season. And if I'm seeing the same type of play calling next season, then it's something we can talk about. But in my eyes, this is a good team that's trying to make the playoffs with a rookie QB coming back from a serious injury. And, all, and for all those factors, it kind of is what it is. And you want them to game manage a little bit. And I don't have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see how he matches up with Mahomes because when we saw Herbert probably against not, Mahomes, probably not that well. <laughs> yeah, but when we saw Herbert against Mahomes, that's he true. Actually, that's he very was actually, true. You could see that he belonged on that field. He that, you're right. At, you're right. That, and when they're going to be linked together, less oh, so than probably Burrow because these guys were picked literally right after each other. Yeah, it um, really comes down to whether or not like this guy has to hit. Because, because Herbert seems like a hit as much as yep. like he was more of the question mark probably of the two going into the season. He's hit. Well, he might have been more of like the media question mark, but I, I, I think I don't know. I don't know about that. How, how could two is the high, the lower four higher ceiling guy? I feel like that's that's uh, been documented. I don't know because there were a bunch of question marks about Herbert that because well, of what you didn't see. I think I think if two was going into the drafts unhealthy, like you can't let, like, let's not pretend like. I, I feel, if you're saying that, then you're acting like Tua wasn't injured going into the draft. You know, mm -hmm. and I felt like that, that was like a huge question mark. And that was why um, that's the reason he wasn't the first pick, really. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I guess it's more of the fact that I, I don't, okay, I don't know if you were, I'm not saying you were saying this, but I don't think there's a big difference in when they were coming out, what the floor would look like. Because I didn't think Herbert was somebody that well, you looked at with, with a Tua who's safe. With Tua, it's not a talent floor. It's a career mm -hmm. floor. It's like this guy could play two seasons and be out of the league forever. In that sense, that's what I mean. As far as talent, I agree Herbert was a lower floor. Okay. For this one, I don't know. It's really tough. Miami's got a great defense, and they actually it's have the corner. Uh, KC minus seven and a half. I might have come down to seven this morning. That's too many points. Miami's defense is really good, and they actually have corners that can, like, that can match up. I yep. assume Byron Jones and Xavier Howard can somewhat lock down Tyreek and Travis Kelsey just mix and match because those are pretty big corners. And then you have an elite defensive coach in Brian Flores that has made life difficult on a bunch of quarterbacks. Mahomes, you, you're not going to really make it difficult, but you can like to the point where you can stop him or make him look bad like Jared Goff they did a few weeks ago. But yeah. just make him think more just – you know, make it a little, make it a little difficult. I you think he, he's one of the few coaches that can. You know what's great about the NFL? Um, it's like, so the Chiefs are like hands down the best team, right? But but even this team, it, to, to me, is so far from perfect. So many things that are wrong with them. Like, 
And I compare that to like when the Warriors were winning titles. And it's like, I just, I just like look around at the parity of the league, dude, look, so you, so you say the Chiefs probably have like a one in three chance of winning the Super Bowl or whatever, but let's say hypothetically they were to get upset. And all of a sudden it's like, dude, any of these 12 teams could win. Um, cause, and I guess I'm just thinking about that now because it's like, I keep seeing the Chiefs week after week. And the reason why I said this is too many points week after week, they shit the bed and win by three. And it's like, okay, like you guys continue to win games. Um, it's just interesting. You know, they are the best team, but even they're not that good. That's what I think. I mean, agree. There, There isn't – no, I'm not going to say there's not a huge difference. I mean, there's not a huge gap between them. I'd still put them in a tier of their own at this point. It's like – for me, it's like Chiefs in Tier 1. Then there's like genuinely 10 to 12 teams in Tier 2. Oh, in yeah, tier- there's a bunch of competition. It's crazy. I think this is a super, super competitive year. And mm-hmm. I don't know if – you know – I feel like the NFL is always pretty competitive, but this year I look around and it's like, dude, I have literally no idea. Yeah. Yeah. No, agreed. And even when you were like, even when the prospect of, okay, it's one game, anything can happen. You still came to the conclusion that probably last year was going to be Ravens chiefs. And yes, the Ravens didn't make it, but you knew at least one of those two teams. Then you go to the other side and it was one of the the teams that kicking ass all year yeah you thought it was Niners Saints one of those teams made it and it's normally like that but this year yeah I agree it feels different while you had like the Vikings last year I don't think you like a team that is nice they can go into New Orleans and win I mean who but who and also who knows we're having this conversation now but if the Super Bowl matchup is Chiefs Packers we're gonna forget about this conversation that'd be I'd sign up for that of course. <laughs> they farm Super Bowl. <laughs> but for this Reg- game- Oh, sorry. Re- regarding the game, Finn spread, um, I actually think the Finns might win. I think that number is pretty high for a good team. I think the Chiefs are due. I, like, well, I don't I don't see how this team I don't necessarily see this team going 15 and one. And if I don't and if I don't think they're gonna go 15 and one, then time's kind of running out for that too. So, you know, why not this week? Uh I completely agree. I think seven and a half is way too much. I think they have a great coach especially that one that doesn't go with what the Chiefs often like they, he, it's not an offensive coach versus an offensive coach and you're kind of going with them trying to keep pace with them it's a defensive coach that's trying to work them and stop them on the other end Agreed. okay next one Arizona going to New York Arizona is favored by three I expect this to be a very low scoring game both these teams are in the top half in the points allowed per game. The Giants are in the bottom, like, five in points scored per game on offense. Arizona then on the offensive end just hasn't looked really great the past couple of weeks. They had some garbage time points against the Rams that gave them some momentum, or not some momentum, but just some points to make it look better. When you look at it, they only had they had 28 points, but you add seven at the end of the game when they're just trying when Rams are playing prevent defense. It's a 21 point game. They put up 17 against the Pats. They're on the bottom half of what they were what they're averaging, which is over 27 points a game. Meanwhile, the Giants you defense know, is really doing it's just balling. I have a couple thoughts. Um, regarding the the Cardinals thing, as you list off how bad they've been in the past couple of weeks, it takes me back again to the fact the whole media anointed Russell Wilson as the league MVP before week one and all this stuff where it's like, or go back and read what 
people were saying week four about how Kyler Murray was the top five quarterback. And it's just like all this shit that it's like, come on guys. Like let's, let's let things play out a little bit. Um, you, and, and so it's just, yeah. Cause now all of a sudden it's like, dude, this team's six and six and they're going to end eight and eight. And all of a sudden it's going to be not that like, what were they like six and 10 last year? It's the same thing. Um, and, uh, and the other thing that I was thinking about just now, Bradbury D hop is an interesting matchup. Bradbury is like really good. Honestly, I think he's, I think he's like, like uh, he's got to be a top five corner, top five corner, easy, maybe top three. Look, it is pretty hard to judge corners. So if you if if someone tells me, oh, I actually think he's seventh, fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, I think he's been amazing, and he's been a whole lot better than my uh, corner number one, Darius Slay. <laughs> Um, yeah, like when when you see him go up against these big physical receivers, I haven't seen him against a Devontae Adams where it's a supreme route runner. But like when he w- goes up against DK Metcalf last week, he shuts him down. DK Metcalf didn't really do much. When you see him go up against those m- more physical wide receivers, and he has that against DeAndre Hopkins, I think he does really well against that. I'm curious he, to see. He'll be good match. against yeah. Whereas whereas Darius Slay, it's funny that you named Devontae and DK because those are the two guys that shredded him back to back weeks. <laughs> Didn't not not trying to do that on purpose. I promise. <laughs> well, it, you know, it's not that hard. You could just name some good receivers, and there's a chance that they shredded Darius Slay. So. <laughs> Oh God, getting absolutely roasted. Then we haven't even gotten to the Eagles. Well, you know he, uh, but, he but he did tweet. Oh, look, he tweeted something. He's like, "Yeah, I know I've been terrible these past couple weeks." And like on one hand, you do appreciate that. On the other hand, it's like it's just a tweet. Like, look, he's probably he's gonna be on the team next year too. So it's like I'm not gonna just like f you forever. But it's like get it together, man. Like you're mm-hmm. you're the corner number one. Like this is Namdi all over again. Like I, I'm lashing out at the Eagles fans who wanted to slay over Jalen Ramsey. Like what the hell were you thinking? Like you know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about? Like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, the security of having the cornerback one where you can have, say, Bradbury go get DeAndre Hopkins, and Not we yet, don't yet. have to worry about that because the Giants' corner two on the other end isn't great. It's Isaac Yadam. He's a journeyman, and it's that's why I was. Ex- I thought the Seattle Seahawks were going to win, and I was very surprised, very happy that the Giants won. I was very surprised that Tyler Lockett did not have an amazing game because Wait, normally so- that's what torches the Giants as the cornerback too because Bradbury yeah. didn't shut down the the wide receiver one. Let's talk about let's talk about the Giants for a sec. So are, are they in first tied for first or yeah, second? Uh, they are in first. They have the tiebreaker. Well, they're tied, but they have the tiebreaker over Washington because they've beaten them twice. Right. Oh, they've already played twice in one. Boat? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Wow. I I don't even know what to say. I, I if you like just. Uh, I don't want like I don't want to be the oh my god the NFC East is terrible guy. It's more like the so I don't care about the records, but it's more like oh my god the Giants and the football team are one too. Yeah, but look at that. They just beat two t- two of the biggest contenders. In I, the know, NFL. I, I know. I know. Look, and 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 they're one and one against the Eagles. Trust me. There's no part of me that thinks we should be in first. It's you guys, <laughs> or it's the football team. It's not yeah. us, and it's definitely not the Cowboys either. It's crazy, though. Like, when I looked at the matchups for the four NFC East teams, they were all heavy underdogs. And I'm like, there's no way that they're going 0-4. I, so, I, th- I really thought the Eagles were going to win that game because of what I saw last year where they went into Green Bay and beat them. Yep, and there's yep. no crowd. And it's pretty much the same – like, not the same team because you're missing Lane Johnson. You're missing Brandon Brooks, Brandon Brooks. You're missing a couple other guys. But I really thought that the core of that team – outside of those two guys was there and that they could have came in and ran the ball like they did last so i got year. i got two questions i got two final questions for you on the giants mm-hmm. one what is the spread uh arizona's minus three and two is danny Dimes playing probably based on what i had actually just read before we started this podcast that they're very optimistic they were he was trying to play last week against seattle they didn't want him to and so ended up being the right choice because they still work 
This, this is, is New in York. New York. New York at home, plus three. Yep. With Arizona coming cross country, I'm kind of yep. down. I'm kind of there. I'm, and of course they'll let me down, but you know. I'm thinking the under. It, the over under is 45 and a half. I think the under is the play here. I don't like the Giants' offense isn't explosive. The Cardinals' defense is very nice. They have a really good secondary with Buda Baker, Patrick Peterson, Byron Murphy. The Giants' offense not explosive, and then on the flip side, you have an elite defense in my mind in the Giants. The Giants. So I just want to say the Giants are like, tell me how the Giants are building the the same team that they had with the, with like the Eli teams, like Danny Dimes, like a carbon copy of Eli. And it's like, they're starting to get the elite defense. It's like, wait a minute, are the Giants going to sneak into the playoffs at eight and eight and win the Super Bowl? So this is where I was going to go with this. There was a graphic that, you know, I'm not trying to run away with it because it, it, I was just more happy. You're a happier day. The Giants are the first. <laughs> the uh, I was just happy to see that for the first. I, I want to get this graphic up because on my screen, just so I get really just right about how good, how dominant this defense has been. Please. The last time, the last three times the Giants have allowed 21 or less points in four straight games. The last two, the two times before this four game stretch they're on right now was the postseason of the last two Super Bowl runs. That's how good this defense is playing. Wow. And, and, and like, so who were, so it's the past four weeks you said or past yep. three weeks? Past four. So they've played Seattle, no slouch. Let me get, I want to get this all up just so I'm not missing anybody. Yeah, trying to see how many of the games are legit. Seattle's yeah. a legit one. Seattle's no a legit one. Then we'll go with the Bengals, not legit. Eagles. With, with, with who at quarterback? Ryan Finley. <laughs> <laughs> Eagles. Not, That's okay. It's okay. And then the Washington football team. Okay. Well, you know, well, you, so it's, um, it's okay. I, I think here's what I would say. Here, I think you anointing them as elite could be a bit premature, but it I might be just you're I, off. You know? I think, I think they're a top 10 defense right now. Oh, top 10, but top 10 is not the definition okay. of elite. Okay. I, Okay. I think top three to five is elite. Like the, okay. like the Dolphins are elite in my opinion. Dolphins, Rams, I get Steelers. Yeah. Those teams. Okay. I get that. And it'll be interesting to see. I'm not trying to look ahead to the playoffs, but when you when you see this, like top – Dude, I mean, the Giants have a history. If there's a team see, that see I how? think get in there at eight and eight or seven and nine or nine and seven. I mean, nine and seven is the number, but I don't even know if you're going to get there. But, you know, okay. seven and nine, eight and eight, and it's like – it's like the thing is, if they win one playoff game, I'm gonna start freaking out. I'm gonna be like, oh my god! <laughs> well, the teams that they can play are the Seahawks, who they they've shown they can beat. Yep. The Buccaneers, who they the show they can. The Giants fans oh. have to want that one. Yeah, I was listening to Bill Simmons, and he was talking about his giant friends, him talking to them, and they're like, they're all just circling the calendar. They just want they just want Brady at home <laughs> for that know? playoff game, just so that they can rub it in their face and like defeat him a third time, like. You don't even have to win the Super Bowl after that. Who, no, that that is the Super Bowl. Like, like you guys, you, you you guys arise from being the laughing stock. You guys were Jets tier. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. You guys were Jets tier for three well, whole years. That must have been awful. And um, the beginning of this year, they were one in the, one in five. You, like like how many years has it been since you guys have like been in the same sentence as the Jets? I, I don't yeah. even know what. Like know. ever since you know there was the Odell catch year. Right, mm-hmm. and you guys were good that year, and then maybe you were like okay for then your the boat. And then they went on the boat, and it all just went downhill. <laughs> <laughs> it was the boat. It really was. And you guys have literally been jets here, and here you are. And I know it's a fluky year in the division, but end of the day, you're sitting in pretty good position. You're either going to make the playoffs or be very close to making it, and and you're going to get your 
most talented player back who's missed the entire season. And yeah, it's exciting. I'm sure it's exciting. And they haven't had their second round pick the entire year. He's played about five snaps the past Xavier McKinney safety out of oh, Alabama. Yeah. He, he has been out the whole year. He's played the past two games, but he's only played like 10 snaps. And he's an yeah. elite, he's an elite safety that they could put in and play slot corner in the box, play in coverage that they haven't had. And for a defensive corner like Patrick Graham, who likes to mix and match with a bunch of different things, it, that's a huge piece that they've been missing. But yeah, I like I'm just I don't want it to see you now. I look at the Giants and I look at Joe Judge and how good he's doing. And then I look at the Eagles and Doug Peterson, it's just Doug Peterson was in that spot with his first year where everything was going really well. And you just don't want to get ahead of yourself and thinking this is definitely the guy. Have you ever, have you ever heard? Um, but the thing is like, Doug was the guy. Doug is the guy. It, do you think? Like, um, I, I think that, do I think that Doug's the guy going forward? I'm not sure, but Doug already had a successful run. Doug is already stamped as in the, in the Eagles history books as a head coach. I think, have you ever heard, look, not everyone is Bill Belichick. Not everyone is, is coach K. Not everyone is Greg Popovich. You know, mm -hmm. look, sometimes people just stop buying in. And if Doug only has a six year run and it culminates with four playoff runs and one Super Bowl, that's a good fucking run. Thank you, Doug. Thank you very much. I'm sure and, Eagle fans would hundred percent sign up for that. If you told and, them and that when he got hired. Good. And, and, and Joe Judge might not be Belichick, and he might not even be Tom Coughlin, but if he gives you five good years, it's hard to complain. Agreed. And he's got him on the right track so far. But for this game, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the under if I'm taking a spot in this game, and I might take the under also, 45 and a half. I'll go, I'll go with the Giants. Okay, next one. The now one loss Pittsburgh Steelers travel to Buffalo. You know, I was trying to be like the hot take guy a little bit going around saying, at what point do you respect the Steelers 11-0? And, and, and the thing is, like, that's why you don't. But um, also, not – but in the same vein, look, the reason I took the football team in the picks was because the football team played on Thanksgiving and the Steelers played on Wednesday. That's insane. Like, that is insane. You, like, that is essentially the football team came off a bye and, and the Steelers came off four days rest. It's crazy. Um, or actually, no, they got like a whole six days rest, right? Because they played Wednesday and Tuesday or whatever, Wednesday yeah. and Monday. Maybe but five. still not the not the 14 days that, uh, yeah, that the Washington had. had. Um, and, and so for that, but, but you know, the, the Steelers' flaws are kind of in plain sight. It's like uh, the defense, I've, I think the defense is good. The defense is really, really good, but the truly great defenses get like pick sixes and stuff. And I don't know if the Steelers do that. Um, but they will hold you to 17. Um, and then, you know, additionally, um, like James Conner is just whatever, or whoever, whether he's heard in the running Snell or whatever, I don't know. They just don't have a great running game. The pass game, it's like, it's like, all you have to do is like, like, do you even have to put anyone over the top? You could probably get away with playing like one safety and just like playing like a really like tight zone within 10 yards. All they do is sort of short. Um, of course, they're still, they're still a good team, but I just think it's a, it's a flawed team, and, and like I went from being high on them, and now I'm kind of like, I don't even know if I think they're definitely the second best team in the AFC. I'm looking through right now at like at their schedule, like what happened, like the game stats for these games. They, they their rushing attack is abysmal. They're, they're rushing is really, really, really bad. bad. Like I'm looking at this 47 yards, 60 yards for their top rushers, and you can't really do that when Ben is Ben is where he is, and he's just throwing it short for the most part with just short to intermediate routes. I mean, we have to go back to week six 
when they played Tennessee when James Conner topped 80 yards. Yeah. I have to go back to that. That is nuts. Um, wait, that's for the whole team topping 80 or individual? Individual. Okay, yeah. Well, and wait, so what's his, is he hurt or what? Where yeah, he's he? hurt. I, I think he's hurt or he's on COVID. Let me look. But I completely agree with what you're saying. This this team is very flawed. They're very prevalent in – and that's what people were harping on and why they – people – the narrative around them was this might be the worst 11-0 and team we've seen. This team is no better than the Titans. They just happen to win the close games. Yeah, and that's in part because they have a very – they have a veteran Hall of Fame quarterback and then yeah, a Hall true. of Fame coach. That's true. I guess the, the way I just said that, the way I just said they just quote unquote happened to win the big games made it sound like oh, they're getting a bit. Yeah, lucky. it's not like, um, yeah, they're not. Yeah, yeah. And it's, a, it's a bit unfair. Uh, but yeah, James Conner was on COVID, so he was out the past two games. That's like, that's like, a, it's like what we used to talk about with the Giants like two, three years ago. And you'd be like, they keep losing these one touchdown games. I'm like, yeah, of course they lose them. They're not winning them. Well, yeah, in part because they just didn't have the, the you don't realize how like, big the coaching is in those tight games until yeah, you see true. the complete opposite end of the spectrum. And when I, I look at the Giants, for example, with Pat Shermer last year to Joe Judge this year in the complete drastic turnaround with not that much roster. I mean, they signed really good guys in free agency, but the coaching difference that you see on this team, there's no, there's no blown coverages on defense. The offense looks, I got to say on par with what they were doing last year, just like the eye yeah. test. Yeah, and yeah. Pat Shermer had a good offense. That was why he was brought in. But there's just more – I don't know. There's just more energy with this team that they just rally behind with Joe Judge. That you this just team don't has see something now. And, and, and speaking of um, – well, I will oh, – actually, let's let's save this Giants thing about like – Oh, yeah, smoke. no, I just want to talk about the coaching, and that's where you get like Mike Tomlin and you win those big games – those Definitely. close games. Well, and there's also like the concept of the spark, and I will save that for our Jalen Hurts talk in a little bit. Okay. But, um, but, but anyway, regarding this, this Pittsburgh-Buffalo game, yeah. um, Buffalo looked pretty good in that game against the Niners. Um, it's a pretty important game for them. It's, you know, to, you want to solidify the division. Like if, if they win this week and, and Casey beats Miami, well then the division's pretty much over um, more or less. And, and that would be good for them. Um, as for who I think is going to win, uh, I'm still probably going to, you it's know. Buffalo minus two and a half. Oh, what? Mm-hmm. No, Steelers, so you buy, buy the half, take Steelers plus three. I won't that, buy picks because we don't buy we don't buy points in our picks, but yeah. but no way. No, I was thinking, I was thinking that same thing. I, I think this is the classic game of the that Buffalo looked really good against the San Fran team. That's how good is San Fran? Their defense has looked really good in the past weeks as they've gotten Richard Sherman back healthy and a couple other guys. But I think how good so, are I, they when you I think have San an Fran offense? Like, what I think the walking trap game. You know, it's like. It, I just think they're a walking trap game. The so, Niners? So, yeah, I think they can show up and wax you one week, but then they're going to go play the worst team in the league and look like crap. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just I don't know. Yeah, and you, there's not that much pressure on you when you have Nick Mullins on the other side to, and, kind, and, to and give you that. And you're 6-6 six and six or 6-7. Six and seven. They're literally a walking trap, and it's like, who knows? You don't even know if they're good players are playing or not. It's crazy. I would mm-hmm. not want them on my schedule at all. Yeah, yeah. and Bu- Buffalo's offense has been – really hot lately and i really and i figure that pittsburgh's defense you know they step up in this game they make life really hard on josh allen and after especially losing and now everybody's gonna be talking about for the next week we told you so this team not not the best not they're 11 and 0 but you know colin coward i've already seen with 
just videos on videos of just him just bashing the Steelers. Coward on the victory tour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I think they come in. I thought they were going to have that chip on their shoulder against Washington. I didn't think. I know Tomlin said that in the media, but yeah. it's hard, man. For what? I don't know. They jumped, out to, they jumped out to a 14-0 lead, and I'm like, okay, this is this is over against the football team. Yeah. And then, and then football team went on a 20-23-3 run. Tomlin was trying hard. Look, man, I'm not saying I've been in this position ever, but, like, I'm assuming you're 11-0, and and it's like, hey, we're playing the football team this week, but we got to take them seriously. And everyone's like, yeah, 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 we got to take them seriously. <laughs> but in their head, they're like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? And, like, you know, that's how that happens. Yeah, NFC sucks. Football team, we don't have to worry about Alex Smith. I will, I will say um, – I'm going to try if – if the Bills do win, I'm going to try to not panic about the Steelers and still, you know, because I, I, I hopefully it won't change my perception of them too much, but might be seeing a different tune next Wednesday, so who knows. So it sounds like both of us are on Pittsburgh if we had to take a spot in this. We, but, but we take the half point because we're not yeah. going down three. No yeah. way. Oh, 100%. 100%. Okay, last one. Baltimore, who we saw get a win against Dallas last night, is traveling to Cleveland to rematch the week one so, defeat where Baltimore won 38-6. So you know, I feel, and we agreed on this as well, and, and I don't think this is a particularly unique take, but it was basically, okay, so the Browns are 8-3, and three, but we don't respect them. Um, and they came out and waxed the Titans, and I don't really care what the final score was because it was never close. I no, mean, 38-7 you know, going in a half. Maybe, if, maybe as long as you win in the end, that's that's it, it, you know, you know, the Titans came out hot in the third, and I did go in my head for a sec. Well, you know, I guess the Browns punt every single time, and if the Titans score every single time, <laughs> and it all happens really fast, and it is the Browns, but you know, like, come on. come on, and uh, dude, and not only did the Browns wax them, but it was like four Baker touchdowns, it wasn't like a Denzel Ward pick six and like three Nick Chubb touchdowns, and mm-hmm. we're still talking about the same shit we were talking about. It's like Baker went out and slung it. And it was against a good team. And uh, I don't think he's necessarily that good. But, man, that is exactly what the doctor ordered for the Cleveland doubters. It really is. 100% agree. That was a game that when we were talking about it, they that was a game they needed to win. If they were going to prove that they were actually a team that was going to make – that was probably they were probably going to make the playoffs even if they lost that game. But just to, yeah. to solidify themselves as a team that we, in our heads, think of as a playoff team, and they completely did that. There was a bunch of things that went that bounced their way with Derrick Henry fumbling early in the game, and then they came down and they capitalized. Like, you have to give props to them that they capitalized on the mistakes that the that Tennessee had in that game. As for this game, these are two the one and two in rushing yards per game. Both these teams, they do it in different ways, which is very interesting. One has to do it at necessity. One does it out of choice. The Ravens do it out of necessity because their quarterback, that's that's what he does. And the Browns do it because they have two running backs there, but their quarterback can drop back and throw. With I think, I think the winner of this game will have serious momentum. I think the loser of this game is done. You think? You think? We were uh, just not, talking about the Browns. If the Browns no, lose. The, the Browns may make the playoffs, but they will be done. Mm-hmm. It's easy to I, – I, I was – as I was thinking about this game, the first thing that came to mind is, like, whoever rushes for more is going to win this game. But then you go back to week one, and the Browns rushed for more yards, and they lost 38-6. to six. Yeah, well, it, it's, almost, it's almost because they both have strong strong rushing games. It's almost more about who can – who can Do the other thing. Who can cover up their weakness better. So who, who actually has the better passing game? Because we, we know no matter what, both teams are going to get, like, six yards per attempt on the ground. Mm-hmm. The line is Baltimore minus one uh, and a half. 
Yeah, re- regarding picks, um, I mean, my, my pick would be to not take this game, honestly. I think it's a serious stay away, but I, w- I would take the Browns because I like them more. I'd probably go Baltimore. I, I think I think, sure. I think, think this is a classic. Not let down, I can't say let down because you don't go into a, a game against Baltimore, a division rival, and just have a letdown game. But yeah. Browns are riding high. That was probably the perfect game for them. In, against Tennessee on the offensive end, defensively, they're, they're, it's just been weak for the most part. They have stars with Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, who is out against Tennessee. I, I, let's see if he comes back. But and the, yeah, the Ravens I, I, found themselves with a little bit of momentum. Agreed, agreed. And they're getting guys back. It won't make up for the fact that they've lost guy uh, their tackles, whatever. Maybe Mark Andrews comes back. That'll be a huge part of it. I'm just inclined to think that this is a team with, I don't know, that that's just going to come out more fiery. I think so, too. I think so, too. Okay, so, yeah, if I had to pick a side, I'll probably, I will would take Baltimore. Now, on to our against the spread picks. Last week, I went 2-1 and one, George, with George went 3-0. and oh. We are both 7-5 and five overall on the week or on the year as we started this, I think, in week like seven. Well, I'm trying to think been, 12, four. We've done, we've done four weeks worth of picks, right? Yeah. We make three picks a week. So, so. Yeah. So week four, so week 10. And, you know, and don't forget, don't forget, I started either one and two or oh and three. So it's quite the comeback. Yeah. Comeback kid. Exactly. So, um, I'm going to kick us off with. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with um. Oh God, you know there are like a bunch that I've written that I want to pull trig on, and, and there's something stopping me for each one. But I, I am gonna go with, with um with the fins plus seven. For it's I'm seeing seven right now. As, you okay, know, so I got re- bought down. Yeah, for the, for the reasons that I said before, that is a lot of points. They're they're not like. Didn't we just watch them beat the Broncos by four, and now you're telling me they're going to beat the Finns by seven? And the week before that, I watched them beat the Raiders by two. And the week before that, I watched them beat the team by three. And where, like, since when is this team one by thirty? It doesn't not that I've seen. So, and of course, of course, I know they have the talent to do it, and and it might happen. But yeah, the Finns plus seven is my first. And game. it's on the road, so you got to deal with that. Just traveling. I know it's not no atmosphere there, but still traveling, not and, in and your not, hometown, and, not and definitely not the furthest. Definitely not the furthest travel, no. but, you know, it's still something. Agreed. Uh, do we want to switch off? Yeah, I'll switch off. Okay. My pick is going to be Vegas plus three against the Colts. Like I it. think Vegas is at a low point right now. I think they rebound. I also thought they probably would have rebounded against the Jets. It goes against the conventional – or my thought process of don't take the team that's on an emotional win. But the Colts – I don't. I feel like Phil Rivers is due for a letdown game. A game where he throws a where he throws a couple picks, where he throws a couple picks, and you know we see why we all thought he was pretty shot going into the year. He's been looking good. Some some had argue a little too good. (laughs) Agreed, agreed. Like when I go to his box score: three touchdowns, one interception, two touchdowns, one interception, two touchdowns, no picks in the past three games. That's yeah. He's got he's got. Eight touchdowns, two picks in the past four games. I'm going to give my second pick. Um, I'm going to make it the Titans minus seven and a half out of the Jags. I just think that's uh, 
not enough points for a team that's way better and is trying to beat the crap out of someone after losing. Yeah. Derrick Henry going for like 250. <laughs> yeah, for like 405. <laughs> like that. Next game, I'm, uh, uh, I'm going to go Pittsburgh plus two and a half. Like I like it. Th- yep. Think they rebound this week. Think Buffalo's riding high, but going against the Steelers defense, I don't know if their offense can produce the points, and I don't think their defense is as stout as it had been in years prior. All right, wait. Uh, make make your third pick first. Okay. I'm between these two. Yeah, yeah. Screw. I was gonna do possibly Giants Arizona under, but I'm just gonna stick to spreads. I'm gonna do Rams minus five and a half. I like that one. I do for all the reasons we talked about. I like that one. The only thing that holds me back, well, you never know. I feel like half the time on Thursday night football, you get a blowout, and half the time you find yourself in a, in a one field goal game. So um, mm-hmm. I, I do like the number five and a half, though. It's a great number. I um, think that they're able to run the ball. They'll be able to run the ball a lot more consistently than New England will on them. And then they have the. If we had to line up passing games, they will blow them. They would blow them out of the water while still having the elite defense. But that yep. matches a pretty like. I mean, they both have two of the top three corners, I got to say, in the league in Gilmore and um, Ramsey. Meanwhile, Gilmore, they have the Rams, three or four receiving options that you have to worry about. And McVay doesn't tar- doesn't key in on one guy to get him work. Um, okay. And my final pick, the reason that I wanted to make this last um, is going to be your hometown Philadelphia Eagles plus seven. <laughs> uh, and, and I will use this opportunity to talk a little bit about the spark that I wanted to talk about earlier. Um not only did the Eagles wake up when Jalen Hurts was put in, which was super interesting. So not only did the offense wake up, not only did the special teams wake up with a punt return touchdown right after, but then also the defense woke up and started playing. And that is what I thought was interesting. Wow, the defense is playing a lot better now that Jalen Hurts is in. And it just goes to show the spark. And, you know, I was talking about it with some people, and it's like because Jalen's on the field and we're finally moving the ball, the defense gets a little more time off, and because they get more time off, they can bring more energy. You know, it's like a snowball thing. Mm-hmm. You know, good team, like good things happen in good teams. Um, look, I don't, I'm not necessarily willing to call Hurts the QB of the future, but he is the QB of 2020 for the rest of this year. So whatever that may be, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, I think we come out and, and give the Saints a game. Yeah, I don't think you can do this dance of. When of hurts this week, once this week. If you're going to hurts this week, it's hurts the rest of the way. I want hurts the rest of this season, but we can we can potentially reevaluate. Agreed, agreed. I think that the shortened off season, I, it could be. It's weird. It's weird. I think the fact that there were not that many like not that many off season programs didn't have preseason to get ramped up. He had some new guys coming into the fold with Fulgham Ward. Rager I know those aren't the main guys but the the offensive line getting depleted I think all just culminated in the fact that he's underwhelming this year I think I think that there are a ton of factors that did not help Carson Wentz but I also think people are going to insane lengths to defend him I mean like even what you just said for example that thing about the shortened offseason tell me how Bro, like that would hurt Jalen Hurts, the rookie, a lot more than Carson Wentz, the veteran, don't you think? But but he doesn't come out and play week one, is what I would, that, yeah, what yeah, I would yeah, push that's back on. But no, definitely. And you know, and look, I get it, I get it. The team sucks and a whole lot of other stuff happens. But then I look at like Deshaun Watson, who's on an even worse team, and he's carving it up this year. Mm-hmm. And and you're Carson last year. We had all the same injuries last year. He was twenty seven and seven touchdown pick. Mm-hmm. And this year he's he has the most picks and the most sacks. It would be pretty bad to do that, honestly. Mm-hmm. Most it's picks crazy. and most sacks. Yeah. It's crazy when I 
I was thinking about it when I saw the Jalen Hurts news. I went to an Eagles Giants game in Philly, Wentz's rookie year, and I thought I was just this guy's going to be a problem for the next fifteen years for me. That's what that's what, and I'm not I'm not throwing him away that he won't be because he can still rebound. It's not done with, but it's crazy to see the complete 180. The fact that when I saw him his rookie year as a rookie, and then he stepped up the next year and was amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I, dude, I a hundred percent agree. Um, and, and I mean, and it, and it looked like that and it certainly looked like that in the Super Bowl year. And then it kind of looks like in the year after, and then it, and it definitely looked like it last year when he was kind of put the whole team on his back. And now it's like, Oh my God. Um, what is this? Is like fifth year in the league then? Yeah, yeah. Fifth year. Um, and we just signed to this fat extension and, uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, it was positive. He's going to be good for 15 years. And, and now it's just like, uh, I don't know, but you but, don't you know, know, you don't know. Glad, I mean, cause where do you, I'm glad that we're potentially willing to move on. We're not just saying, okay, Carson's definitely the QB for the next five years. And we because you gave all this money. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering, could it, could it be the fact that, you know, the guy played at North Dakota state, he didn't really have any issues there. They won five national champ, five FCS championships well, there. Look, I he- think there are a ton of, listen, I look, it's possible. It's possible. It's possible. It's the Philly fan base. It's possible. It's the Nick Foles statue. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, if you're a good quarterback, none of that matters. Oh, honestly. yeah. No, no. I'm yeah, the- listen, if you're, if you're that good, if you're the guy that you're supposed to be the second overall pick, the one's MVP, I don't care about this other shit. You're mm-hmm. supposed to be good. These other QBs are good with no one else around them. So, you know, I don't like, like Orlovsky and whoever can make any excuse they want but the fact is this guy is terrible this guy is genuinely terrible this year and you can't excuse there's no excuse that would fully explain it. Mm-hmm. no and i'm not trying to make excuses for him i'm thinking about when i was looking but when you look back on the drafting of him not saying it was the wrong move whatever it's just something that you can look at in reflection that yeah the guy was playing at a small school didn't really have any ups and downs for it it was mainly just ups you didn't really see the adversity hit him there and then when the adversity hits and you're in a major city like philly like new york like boston and the fans really come for you how can you handle that that's and i don't, and I, I think when you look at that the fact that he played at a small school didn't have that it's, it might be that's the thing where you ever seen the the show draft day or the movie draft day not that Okay, well, it's about this golden arm quarterback. He's supposed to be the presumptive number one pick. The Browns trade for him. Then they find out that nobody was at, like, his birthday party. It's this thing that you don't see, like, day-to-day or on the field, but it's just the fact of, like, you know, like, these are things behind the scenes that, like, if things go wrong, they could be an issue. That way, so... So, uh, the guy didn't... The guy had... So, of all of his teammates, nobody was at his birthday party. And it was the fact of, is this guy like a real leader? And I'm not saying Wentz isn't a real leader. I'm just saying it's the guy behind, it's the things behind the scenes that you don't think about just on the field or in it's situational things outside of your real control for the most part that might arise and lead to an issue like this. Definitely. Okay. You wanted to uh, talk about uh, the New York, the other New York team? Yeah, I, I do. I want to, you know, I want to speak my piece about the Jets and about like intentionally losing games and what I think is okay and not okay about it. Um, I think I'm of the belief that I think tanking is okay in professional sports, but I think it needs to stay upstairs, meaning, meaning that you can make the roster as shitty as you want. 
but the players and coaches on the field need to try to win the game. And what I saw from Greg Williams on that game against the Raiders was nothing short of disgusting, in my opinion. You know, at least keep the facade of competitiveness in professional sports. That's what I think. Because because not only did you make that disgusting call once and then almost get burned over the top by Aguilar, and I'm watching that going, what the hell? What are you doing? And then you go cover zero press coverage against the fastest player in the league, Henry Ruggs. Tell, don't tell me you're, you're trying to win this game. Seriously. I, you, you, you'd be treating me like an idiot if, if you thought that I thought you were trying to win this game. Because there's no way. The, the GM must have called. The owner must have called. I'd love to see what severance Greg Williams got from the ownership when they fired him. I mean, and I really, I genuinely believe this all to be true. I think the Jets cheated. And of course, the league won't take the pick from him. They don't have the sack. And if they took the pick from him, Trevor Lawrence would go to Jacksonville. And they don't want that either. So the league doesn't have the fucking sack and nothing's going to come of it. But I think it's a joke, man. I think, I think the competitive integrity of the league, man, it's just... Uh, Comes into question after something like that. And I feel like everyone, everyone's writing it off. Haha, ha, classic Jets, man. Classic Jets. You're giving them a pass if you say that. You're giving them a pass. This was a crime. That's what I think. So I was super surprised, like everybody, <laughs> that there was no safety help, that there was an undrafted rookie corner on Henry Ruggs, and there was no help. I was also surprised that the corner jumped to the underneath route because it was like a stop and go. But I was listening to Ryan Rosillo podcast with Joe Thomas and Joe Thomas was talking about because Joe Thomas was in Cleveland when Greg Williams was the DC there. Yep. And Greg Williams actually has called this play before. So um, it was the end of the half. It was in, he called an all out blitz, sent the corners and got home and just didn't, it's just who uh, he is. I definitely see your perspective on it though. So, so it's so bad that we have sports reporters going around saying, look, 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 he was trying. He was trying. This wasn't intentional. That's how bad it was. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I, I, I would be more inclined I, I to think, I would be more inclined to think that way, the way that you are, if he didn't, if there wasn't past instances of him doing it, you called it, you called it twice in a row. And I saw something that said, there's never been a call mm-hmm. like that. In history. Yeah. Yeah. Where it was, uh, that where in the like fourth the, quarter. The, yeah, and it wasn't it was a bit ESPN specific for my taste, but it wasn't so ESPN specific that it was like oh like yeah, it was like 40 seconds under 40 seconds like, left. Under under the, this amount of seconds, no timeouts, you're within like this much yardage and you're down by four to eight, which is code for like you need a touchdown to win or mm-hmm. tie. Um and, and and you know the no timeouts thing, like the no timeouts thing, especially. Um all you have to do is tackle them in bounds and the game is over. Seriously, one time the game is over. I just, I just thought it was so no, criminal. It was, I thought it was the and stupidest the Jets fucking They're happy about it, and, and they're going to get rewarded for it with the best prospect in a decade. And I just think it's ridiculous. And, of course, Goodell will never have the sack because he wants Trevor Lawrence not on the Jaguars. But, uh, yeah, just pussy stuff all around. That's what I think. No, I, I think it was by far worst call you could have made. I didn't agree with it. I was no, super, it was I, was, I was good call for the Jets franchise. Exactly what they wanted. Yeah. When you look at it through the scheme of just that game, absolutely criminal that he blew the, yeah, he was so egotistical in the fact that he wanted to send that message that he cost the game for the 53 players that were, that were playing no, that put no. their bodies on the line. That's, but that's a pass. I really think ownership said, Greg, we're going to give you a fat severance. You got to let up a touchdown. I really think that happened. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't put it past it. I, I can't speak on the fact of whether or not it is or isn't. But, you know, I mean, if, if there was going to be a year and if there was going to be a play where you point out, like, yeah, that's where it happened. I mean, you, you, yeah, you wouldn't, you would think that. But, yep. 
We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. They still got, got a couple of games that they could lose. They could or they could win. I, I think they they can possibly beat the Pats. They can possibly. So, do you think the Pats, if the Jets continue on this, the Jets play the Pats in New England Week 17? If the Pats are just eliminated from the playoffs, does Belichick just bench everybody and just fuck um, them? Um, I have no idea. I, I can't. Even, I can't even mm-hmm. speculate. You know, I, look, I'm actively rooting against. I want the Jets to win games. I. They don't deserve it. They deserve to, you know, be two and fourteen, not on sixteen. That's what I think. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. All right, all right. We're going to take a quick break and then come back and talk a little bit of NBA before we finish up. Breaking news: Giants Browns facing off next week will be Sunday night, and you know, the only thing that could be better is Odell. If Odell was there, Odell revenge game. Yeah. It would have been Bradbury. Great. Yeah, it would have been – oh, my God. that that's, There's been so many revenge games that we've been soiled with. Dez last night, now Odell against that the Giants. That was criminal. That was criminal. You know, I wasn't really watching. Did, the, did, like, did they show him, like, get taken off the field? So like, I, was wor- I was working, but, like, I was got notifications on my phone. I'm trying to listen to the broadcast, and they're talking about – like, I work in radio, so I'm listening to the radio broadcast of the Dallas feed, and they're talking about this. And it was just the weirdest thing. And it, it, I was nervous that they were going to cancel that game because I was there. I was working during the NBA when they shut down. And it just started that same way where they took Rudy Gobert off the court. Dude, a great, a great connection. Cause I was about to say the same thing where it's kind of like that. What happens? The trainer goes up to him and goes, Hey, Des, you've COVID. You got to get off the field. <laughs> yeah. And, and I couldn't believe that the game still went on. Me neither. And, and, and a lot of people are on Twitter, like, like you, you have the mix. Like, look, me, I wanted to see the game be played. Oh, yeah. me too. Like, 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 here's the thing. Everyone's already there, all that jazz. But then, of course, the people who are like, I don't even get why they're playing this game. <laughs> <laughs> look, objectively, it's probably not the greatest decision of all yeah. time. But, you know, what, what it, can you say? It was crazy. It was crazy to see. And, like, the parallels between Rudy Gobert and Dez in how it was – like, and then the fact that one game was played, one game wasn't. I guess they went through the contact tracing. They saw nobody was of high risk. I don't know how that's possible with Dez just not being around anybody. I guess he just – he was very good with his mask, I guess. But apparently not good enough where he didn't get COVID. So, <laughs> I don't know. All right. Um, but going into the – since we were talking yeah. about Rudy Gobert, we'll get into the NBA – NBA two weeks away, a little bit under two weeks away. I think it starts the next or two Tuesdays from now. Yeah, I feel like I feel like you know I feel like we've been doing a good job of just hitting hitting you guys with a little bit quick segment. Keep it keep us in the NBA loop. What we're gonna do this week is just a couple award predictions, you know, make a few picks, and maybe do all NBA first team as well. So uh, let's kick it off. You know, MVP right away coming coming at you hot. What do you think? So I went through these awards and. <laughs> I'm really disappointed in myself. I didn't look at the odds beforehand, but then I looked at it after and I went pretty chalk and it's just, well, it's, it's only natural. So my MVP, I picked Luca. I think he is the offense for them. I think their usage rate for him will keep his, will put his numbers into an unparalleled or very few will reach those numbers. I think Giannis will still pay, be at his 30 minutes per game in the regular season and not put up the numbers that Luca does especially with Drew Holiday now being there and Chris Middleton just taking points and whatnot from him. I, I feel like this is Luca's award to lose. I agree. The only thing that could stop him would be not ranking highly enough in the standings. Um, and, and so, but I think and, and, you know, that's a very real thing. What were you saying? I said, I said, that's a, that's a very real thing. You know, I know Westbrook 
kind of broke that that one year, but mm -hmm. but you know it does tend to be a real thing. Yeah. Um, um, if Luca does not win it, I think LeBron swoops in because all these good players are playing with each other, and therefore they can't really win MVP. And there's Giannis voter fatigue, and uh, I don't know. I think the Wash King could come in and snag one if it wasn't if it's not Luca. I'd be more inclined if it wasn't such a quick turnaround, and I'm really, I really think he's going to take it really easy this year. That that could be facts. I, I think he's going to take at least the first two months. I think he's going to be really easy just playing the prime time games, yeah, and then taking those random Tuesdays, Thursdays, whatever, because of the fact that they just got done in October. I think, yeah, you, you, might, you might be right about that. And let me throw in one more sleeper with Luca. I'm going to throw in Jokic. You never know if that team kicking like ass it. and averaging near triple double. Who knows? Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, they're one of those teams where they don't do the load. Like he's one of those players where it's not really load management. He doesn't really do that, and he has the assist numbers, rebounds, points. Definitely agree with that. Yeah, that's so, actually, dude. Sorry, real quick. I'm gonna mm -hmm. find the answer for that, and I'll we'll talk about it next week or another time. I might have to put a little bit of money. That's a great long shot. Yeah, uh, Nikola Jokic. Yeah, I, when was the last time a big man like a center won it though? Um, what yeah, what right. I have to wonder. Like, I don't know. Although, although I, I, like he's he's not a traditional one where he has but, the passing. Like, like, is it such a stretch to say that Jokic and Giannis are like kind of the same position? I get like, I know I they're guess, totally different. yeah yeah I know it's hard to picture them just because of the fact that they like when they play they look different. But yeah, I guess so. They can both like they can both like kind of dribble. They play make a little bit. Jokic, the far superior passer. AD better, a lot better on the defensive end. I'm trying to pull up these numbers. Okay, next one we got is a defensive player of the year. I'm gonna go AD. I think he should have won it this year. Gave it to Gobert. I think he comes out motivated and wants to. This is this is something he takes pride on pride in on on the defensive end being that elite player that elite shot blocker and while lebron is taking those minutes off i think ad isn't because he's super he's young he doesn't have the miles logged on him i think yeah. he'll play more of those games i think he'll Honestly, play 70 those, plus games those games will be good reps for him um give ad now now that ad's played with lebron and won the lakers it'll be fun to see ad with his own team again like, you know, in those games where LeBron is off. Has he grown at all? Can he now kind of win games for people? Or is he still Pelicans AD? It'd be interesting to see. And also um, the fact that, like, he doesn't – there's no, like, weight on his shoulder. Like, the weight comes off the shoulder when you – like, they traded all those assets for him. So that I feel like there's a little bit of, like, we gave up all these things for you. You better deliver. And they did deliver. So now he gets to play a little bit freer. I, uh, um, I actually agree with the AD pick, but, what, like, like I agree with the Luke one. But let me throw in a couple alternates – like I did for the last one, I think Paul George revenge year. You never know. Um, and I think um, Draymond, you never know. So I just pulled up the MVP award numbers since you were talking about Jokic. Jokic is plus 3,600 on FanDuel. I got to be honest. I already took it during our conversation. <laughs> you weren't in tight. Uh, never mind. I, I, I always for like a split second get mixed up that you're not a Sixers fan. I was gonna say because Embiid was like right on that same tier, but dude, you're I saw Simmons was a that was a, was like ten thousand. If he got traded, like that's that, that's like, where Simmons, I put it. I thought Donovan Mitchell was like twelve thousand. I mean, he didn't yeah. like the thing is that this is, is a weird this is a weird year, and those teams that weren't playing late in the season kind of have. You know. The problem is the problem with it with a guy like Donovan Mitchell is like if you only average five rebounds and five assists, you almost can't win it anymore. Hmm. You, I need 
eight assists. I need seven rebounds. And, and I need like, so it's, it's hard for these, even Harden needs to average that. And when you talk about, when you talk about Luca and his usage rate and the ability for him to put up those huge numbers, you don't really see that in Denver or in Utah. I mean, because their offense is very free flowing. They're not a high scoring offense. They're more of a defensive team that spreads the ball around on offense. I don't think he puts up the stats. He's an amazing player. Would love him on the Knicks if they could get him. But yeah, All right. that's where I think he's capped. Rookie of the year. I will be taking um, LaMelo ball. With respects to Obi Toppin. Uh, I had LaMelo too. Uh, L- Obi was probably my second pick. I think both of those guys just have the clear role on their, their teams. That's all, you know, you know, a lot of these, like the MVP is like, okay, you have to be on a good team. The rookie of the year is like, okay, who gets to jack a bunch of shots on this crap team? I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, and LaMelo fits that to a bill. I think Obi has to fight a little bit more. LaMelo, I think, I think clearly he's, and he's plus 350. Obi's plus 500 and then Anthony Edwards plus 700. Oh, really? Those are the two, those are the top two best odds. Yeah. Jesus Christ. We're really going chalk here. I mean, well, you know, you know, I mean, that's going to happen. When I, when I look at it, I mean, I guess maybe Tyrese Halliburton at plus 1800, I could see as a, uh, as a dart throw because the, yep. he's like the first one for the next tier. Killian Hayes is right above him at plus 850. So I think that if you're going to throw a dart throw, I think he can because he's one of those guys that can come in, work off the ball from De'Aaron Fox, put up numbers, and still be very reliable consistently. It's possible. All right, um, let's go to – Coach of the year. Yeah, um, you know, this is a hard one because it all – you know, I mean, what what determines the, the – I feel like the criteria for this award changes every year, but it's, you know, it's some variation of who's the team that we didn't think was going to be that good that ended up being actually pretty good. Um, as for who I think will win it, um, there's a lot of like new coaches around the league and all that stuff, which is interesting. I think, I think if people buy into the Sixers during the regular season, Doc Rivers would have a chance. Um, I think maybe like Stan Van Gundy with New Orleans, um, maybe, it's weird. This is like the award that you don't see you don't see odds for. Yeah. It's uh, maybe Nash with Brooklyn, maybe, maybe Vogel if the media likes him now. And if LeBron rests a lot, I don't know. I mean, this is obviously the toughest one to pick. I think I will go with Doc Rivers. Not, not a bad pick. That's a team that could be a top. That team could be the top seed in the, in the East. And then you they really go, have to they look go at st- it. They win, like, you know, it's only 72-game season, so if they win, like, 55 games and, and people, at least during the regular season, it appears as though, like, Joel and Ben are working and Ben shoots some threes, I think he'll probably win it. I'm going with Terry Stotts, the Portland, Portland? Tra- Portland yeah. Trailblazers coach. I really like what they did this offseason. I think this is a team that can, yeah, like you said, where it's a good team, but they surprise you. Nick Nurse, Raptors come the year after they lost Kawhi, and they're a t- they're the second seed. I think that's what they were. So I, I th- I'm not saying that he can get, they can get to the second seed, but I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility Clippers load management with Kawhi and Paul George. So the second seed is up for grabs and they have the elite player. They added a win if, which if, they needed. If LeBron, the first seed's up for grabs too. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And this is okay, a team um, that, that I think will be going hard. One award that you did not include in here, the sixth man of the year. And I will be picking Dennis Schroeder. 
honestly did not think about this. It's just so hard because I don't even know because the guy they, like Schroeder talked about how he wanted to start. So oh, do really? we even know? Like, <laughs> do we even know? Well, so then, I guess Montrez. Uh, the I'll options are the, the options are like are like Trez, Schroeder, Will, like Derek Rose, maybe um, yeah, the usual suspects, more or less. I am. You know, what? Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm still going to go with Schroeder because I don't really see how he works in the starting five. Mm-hmm. I'll go Montrez. I think that, yeah, uh, both Lakers guys, you know, I, I think they work well with what okay. the Lakers want to do. And then all NBA first team. So, you know, first let, let me clarify how this is formatted. How do they even do it? Is it guard, guard, forward, forward, forward? Like, cause it's, guard, it's guard, like, forward, forward, center. No, I, th- I think it's, I don't when think I it's like at, when I looked at uh, what's it called? Uh, VA. I, I fully could be wrong. You know, when I look when I looked last for the last year's awards, it was give me one second. Giannis LeBron were the forwards, Harden and Luca were the guards, and AD was the center for first team. Oh shit, you're right. Okay. Um okay. Well then I will go Giannis LeBron. No, no, no. Giannis. Durant, Luca. Trying to decide between Steph and Damian Lillard. I think I'm going to go with Damian Lillard and Jokic. So one more time, that's Giannis, KD, Doncic, Lillard, Jokic. Okay, I had I had some similar. Uh, I had Steph, uh, then Luca, Giannis, Tatum, and Jokic. Tatum, yeah, yeah, all their first team, okay, yeah, all of your first team. I think he takes you another know, step. I, I, you know, when I watch Tatum, I go, Man, he's really good, but he's not top five. That's what I, that's what I think. But I look, I could be wrong. I, I think he is, I think he has the potential to be there. And then when I look at a KD, a Kawhi, a LeBron, because that's who you're really looking at for the forward spots, all those guys could be taking load management. I don't see Jason Tatum doing that. I think KD is playing this year. That's well, that's why I took LeBron off. Yeah, I think KD will be playing this year. And when I say playing, I mean playing every night. Basically. Yeah, uh, I'm curious to see what that is. But I know with Tatum, I don't have to worry about that. Now he's the not that Gordon Hayward's taking a bunch of shots from him, but Gordon Hayward's off of there. He signed the max deal. He doesn't have to worry about that. He proved himself. Now he just needs to elevate his game. And I think he continues to do so based on the trajectory that we've seen since he's come into the league. Yeah, I think it's possible. You know, I heard Tatum say something once that, like, once he got named as an all-star, it was like a huge weight was lifted off his back. I mean, he was was 13-team All-NBA this year. The first off, like, dude, when people say stuff like that, honestly, it's like, it's like, well, it's tough. Because here's my thought process. First off, you want to applaud a guy like Tatum for being honest about what's on his back. You honestly do. And, like, you can't expect these guys to be robots. But then at the same time, it's like, he says it. It's like, dude, that shouldn't have even been on your back in the first place. But I mean, look, the reality is, is that it was, and now maybe it won't be. So I mean, you know, it, look, it, he might end up being amazing this year. And he was great the second half of last year. Yeah, some people, I yeah, there are just some things that hold people back. I mean, yeah, when you come I, in as a top three pick, if you no, can prove yourself as an to, all-star, I was about to rip him for it. I was about to rip him for it and be like, I shouldn't have even held you back. But it's like, you know what? Look, the guy's human. I mean, who knows? I mean, the Carson thing is a little different. <laughs> because the Carson, <laughs> I, I get it. But the Carson thing is a little different where it's like, I feel like everyone's banging up shit for him, but, uh, and they're all possible factors, but it doesn't matter. But it, yeah, you know. Okay. So running through real quick, 
We both had Luca for MVP. We both had AD for Defensive Player of the Year. Both had Lamelo. I had Terry Stotts for Coach of the Year. You had Doc Rivers. Yep. And then All NBA Luca for both Steph and Dame, respectively yep. for uh, yep. the second guard spot. Both had Giannis. I had Tatum. You had KD. And then we both yep. had Jokic. Yep. Sounds good. Okay. All right. Well, that was another successful rendition of the All Ball Podcast. Thank you to everyone listening, and we will see you guys next week. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Peace.